Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of A Dicey Experience. My name is Jason Sketch, and I am the DM for this epic and awesome campaign known as The Fates. Recently, our party has been doing some epic and awesome things. But first and foremost, I want to point out who we have at the table with us tonight. Tonight, we have Mr. John Lafayette, played by our good friend, yeah, Lazy Man Gamer. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I know you're just as excited as I am. He's sitting across the table from me. He seems super excited. His thumbs are up. Next to him is my main man, Stolen, who is playing Crew Saipan. You're a warlock turtle. Super cool. Super awesome. Super 15 and being the captain. And last but not least, we have Mr. Lucas, played by my main man, Meerkat. Having a great old time cooking some food, doing things that cooks do on the boat, and just having a blast. Recently, our party has ventured out into this island where they went and found this awesome map, and then they, bam, went back on the boat to get ready to go to Linguina to get some more party members and do some repairs to their boat. In the process of doing that, someone boarded their boat and essentially turned their captain into petrified crystal, and it's pretty crazy to think about, but they're all pretty sad and depressed about it. But don't worry, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe this episode will just bring a little bit of healing to their hearts as we venture in to some old memories. Lucas, you are, you're in the kitchen, and, you know, you're riding down, you guys are made preparations, you're, y'all are all traveling to Linguina. What? What's going through your mind? It's been a crazy couple of days. Well, the captain is still in the cupboard, and he's thinking about that, and just has a, a pensive look on his face as he is trying to figure out how best he could help the captain uh, turn back to normal. But from all his travels and all his knowledge, he, he doesn't have the right knowledge. And no food that he knows of can counteract something like that or you know, his magical ability can't help him right now. So he's a little down, but he likes to get lost in his recipes as he's uh, feeling a little lost himself. So are you are you kind of just sitting at the, the dining table right now, thumbing through your new recipe book? Yeah, and then just uh, playing with some ingredients, maybe... Uh, doing a new mixture of vegetables that sounded good with a new couple spices and grabbing a few jars for that he's been working on in his uh, fermentation area in his room. That is perfect. As you're, as you're kind of moving some of those jars and, and flipping through some of those recipes and checking your ingredients, you, uh, you look down at the table and you notice that there is a new etching in your table that you haven't seen before. Um, you know, the captain would carve things every once in a while, or um, one of the you know one of the other crewmates would kind of just start scratching your table, and you had to get onto him. But this is new. This is relatively fresh, and it's it's deep. It's three stars touching each other, very similar to the symbol of Lyra. This is new. What do you do? I trace by hand across the carving and then just kind of glance around as you do um, you notice 
another hand comes and touches yours right above yeah it touches your hand what is what does Lyra look like because I've and you can tell me if I'm wrong but I've always kind of pictured her as a a tall woman kind of in a white dress with long blonde hair and well you've never been able to see her eyes her face is always a little too bright to kind of look at um, but you always know that, that there's a smile there and uh, cuticles are like perfect like ridiculously perfect well done nails barefoot for some reason How are you, my child? I'm feeling a little lost. Hmm. Is the pleasure gone? It's... not here right now. It's hard to... please others when something like this has happened. Perhaps, perhaps we bring out a good memory to remind you the joys, even though sorrow has already happened. In the present, there was joy in the past. May I open one? Yes, please. Right. Okay, yeah. Her hand moves up, touches your temple, and, um... You find yourself standing in your 13-year-old body. What is... <laughs> this is going to be bad. What does Lucas look like when he's 13? <laughs> uh, he, he's... The way that he looks now with the man bun and, and uh, everything, he's, he's trying to get there right now, but his hair is just not quite long enough. So okay. it, it's... Uh, it's not back in a in a bun. It's just like if a few pieces of hair are just tied together at the back, and he's got acne over his face, and very wearing a very basic uh, cotton like woven uh, shirt and uh, shorts. You're you're sitting at your kitchen table there. Your parents have already gone off. It's uh, your memory's starting to kick in, but this is the the day of the uh, annual cherry seed flume race, um, and there's a baking competition today. Do you have everything ready? Well, uh, he, I go over to the crate that I have sitting on the table, and make sure that I have a lot of eggs because I, I need a lot of eggs and make sure that the milk looks good and smells good uh, and it's new and just put it through all the other jars and cups that I brought with uh, various dry ingredients. Now, the, the competition itself, you remember that you gotta bring the baked good there. You make it all at home and then you bring it to the fair. Um, that way you don't have to have provide the ovens oh. or anything like that while they're there. But, you know, you're, you've got your raw ingredients there. Your family's already out. And uh, Jamie pops his head out from behind the crate. Come on, man. Just tell me what you're making. Jamie, now a 13-year-old goblin, 
This isn't the first time since, he, since you last left him that he's come back to visit you. Generally, no one else is around. He's a little bit older. He's got kind of a little purple hood on with his ears sticking out of the hood. Um, it looks like his left ear's got like a weird bite taken out of it. You never ask the question why that's there. It's just something that suddenly became a part of him one day. He's got pimples all over his face as well, but instead of that white color, they're like a light green color and kind of have like a little shelf that they sit on in each part of his face. His clothes are really ragged. He never really smells good. His feet are out of his shoes, again, in your house. He's a little gangly and a little bit taller, but he's still definitely a lot shorter than you. Jamie, I, I need to concentrate here, and I also do not need any of this to get dirty, so please, don't come in here <laughs> with your dirty feet. Yeah, but I've, I've never seen a cake made with eggs! Well, it's not good. I just... You're not making a cake? Oh, it's not a cake, okay. And you see him pull out like a little notepad and he scratches that off. It looks like he's had several guesses of what he's gonna, what you're gonna make for this uh, this event. I just wanna know. You'll know when I finish, you'll be the first one to see it. As we well, take I, it into Can sound. I try it? I'll save you a little individual one to the side. Oh, I can't be first. Well, you will be first. Oh! Oh! Oh, good! But I, I just need to concentrate now. This is a, a very difficult task, so please. Just... just... stay out of the way for now. Okay! I can do that! Uh, he steps back and he's he pulls out some... trinkets that use him or toys and he kind of just messes with those in the corner while you work. What do you do? How does this process go? I have fashioned my own uh, utensils uh, just out of necessity more than anything because we're, we're poor. Uh, so I have carved myself a giant bowl and I am cracking in egg after egg after egg uh, into the bowl and I start pulling in milk and uh, sugar and I take out a very uh, a small single vanilla bean that I saved up uh, months of money of my allowance for and I bought in town and I carefully scrape out all the seeds in the middle and dump that in the bowl and then whoa what's that very s special expensive ingredient around here it's uh vanilla it smells really good and I hand him the husk and say here you can take it <gasps> he like swallows it whole uh, uh, you weren't supposed to eat it but there how does oh. it taste it's very his eyes kind of blink a little bit yeah it would be a little strong <laughs> yeah he's just kind of his tears coming it's really good it's just really, you know, and he's trying so hard to, like, be that positive, encouraging friend. But it's, you can tell it's definitely taking a toll because it is so strong. <laughs> so I uh, stretch out my arms and go, okay, this is the hard he part. He runs outside. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Um, I, I pick up a whisk and I start whisking. And 
I whisk and I whisk and I whisk and I whisk and my, my arm starts getting tired and you can see visible sweat running down my face and whisking and then slowly over time the mixture starts to thicken I'm making a, a custard that'll eventually go into some cream puffs so I'm making this custard and I set it to the side and my, my arm is spent but I, that's only halfway and I've still got more whisking to go so I start on the the, the puff side and it's uh, little pastry uh, rounds that uh, I'm eventually going to pipe the custard in. So I'm mixing this dough. It's like a professor roll dough. A lot of eggs in that as well. A lot of butter and whisking, whisking, whisking. So at, at the end of it, he's kind of like that after workout swole <laughs> in his <laughs> arm of that for all that whisking, but. He's finally done and he's he's like, okay, everything's mixed and now I have to prepare. So I start stoking the fire and piping out all these individual rounds and cooking those and start waiting for those to puff up and turn golden brown. Pull them out, wait for them to cool, start piping in the custard and then I have a large round plate which I start stacking these puffs in a circle and I'm making a makeshift wizard's hat out of all these individual small puffs. Shut up. And it starts going up in a tower and then leans slightly to the side. And then after all that's done, I drizzle the entire thing in a hard caramel. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. <laughs> and for listeners, this is a Crokenbush. Crokenbush. I need to try one because that sounds fantastic. I've never had one. Um, But that's not time to talk about that. Jamie's eyes get real big as you finish up. That's... That's incredible! What, what time does the competition start? Can I, can I have a bite? And I kind of was hiding it to the side, but I pull out a very small plate that's a very small wizard's hat. And I say, and it's got like six or so puffs on it. This is for you. <gasps> Eats one. Oh my gosh. Make me a... Uh... Wow, it's a high roll for him. Make me a... Um... Yeah, let's do a wisdom check. What, or what kind of role do you think fits this well as a wisdom role? Maybe a performance check? Yeah, let's do a performance check. Six. Yeah, he, he thinks it's pretty good. He likes it. I mean, he's being a good friend, and he's eating one after the other and just nodding real big with a big smile on his face. Granted, with a six, it's probably the best thing he's actually ever eaten. Considering that the last time you saw him eat lunch or anything, it was definitely a dead rat. But, um, he's... Thank you. Uh, oh, man. Uh, let me let me give you one of my good luck charms before you go to... To the, uh... To the... To the... To the... the what is it again? The... Uh, plume race? Yeah! The plume race! Yeah, that. Oh! 
Uh, he pulls out, and in, in his hands, he's got two small trinkets. One is the shape of three different stars. One yellow, one dark red, one orange, all connected together. Ah, a really tall, pretty lady gave me this once. And the other's a coin. On the coin, you see an, an image of a goblin. With a pink hat. And a jester staff. Smiling really big. Do you want... You want to take one of these? That give you a little good luck? Oh, I, I don't want to take your... Your items, are you sure? Yeah! You gave me some cakes, they were really good. Okay, well, I... I guess I'll take this, and I reach out for the three-star trinket. Oh. Pretty lady said I might find a friend who might like that. I'll have to show her to you sometime. Uh, yes, I'm interested in this lady that seems to appear to you. Strange. She's really nice. But you give me cakes, she doesn't give me cakes. She just gives you these trinkets? Just just that one. We just talk for a long time. You know, when I when I can't come talk to you or or uh Oh gosh, I forget their names sometimes. Uh Oh, right. Um uh, Zaylee, right? Yeah, you and Zaylee are really nice to me. I haven't talked to Kaylin in a long time since we had that fight. She found me after we had that big fight, and she was really nice. She's been my friend. She is nice. Uh, Kaylin hasn't been around a lot. He needs to help his family on the farm more and more now that his dad's getting older. Oh. Okay. Well, that's, that's what I meant. The, the, the big lady was the big tall lady. She was really nice. I met her after after we had that big fight. I, I need to apologize to him. But, but you, you, I can't let you be late. Uh, is the flume race happening right now? I would say, well, DM, I, I would say that it's an all day affair with the, the race happening across the day and then the competitions more in the afternoon. I would prioritize this over watching the race. Absolutely, I just imagine your goblin friend has no idea what the fair's like. Okay. And so, <laughs> he doesn't want to keep you if it's, you know, oof, you know, whenever the sun goes down is when, or sunset is when the pastry event kind of kicks off, so. Well, Jamie, the it's kind of an all day fair, so uh, it, it's going right now, but... I, I'm here cooking this and then obviously cooking you the the smaller one, but I I really think I should be going it. This is quite heavy, so I need to take my time getting it there. Okay, I I'll see you tomorrow. I I Mom's probably worried again. He gets worried. He rubs his ear a little bit. Make sure you wear shoes next time. Oh 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 okay. Sorry. My parents don't like uh, all the mud that seems to appear in the house. I, I can stay and clean it up if you want me to. I don't want to risk people uh, coming here and seeing you alone in the house, so I'll take care of it. Uh, 
Oh, okay. Oh, good luck. He kind of wanders off into the forest. As he leaves the, uh, the trinket. Gives you a little bit of peace. Odd that he keeps giving you things that make you feel good. What do you do? How do you get to town? I would have a cart that is specially designed for transporting uh, cargo that is fragile like this. So I'll put it on that cart and then make my way into town, dragging that behind me. Perfect. Yeah, you you start making your way into town. You can see the fair up ahead of you as you get closer and closer into town. And then displays are big. Even though the big boat race is there, there's still people that are selling foods and knickknacks and things all around. Um, there's there's games that kids can play. There's still pony rides and different things. Even though the the big event is the cherry seed flume race, the annual cherry seed flume race. Um, that your your older sister seems to be participating in um, this year, or at least you heard she's gonna be participating in. It's it's an impressive impressive big ordeal, you know. Your parents are there supporting your sister while you were getting ready for the pastry event, and uh, yeah, where where do you go to go set up for this pastry event? What does that look like? There would be a lot of small booth tables that have white linen over them that's there are already some people in the town that are setting up their own baked goods there and i'll trundle through the middle with my it's a more it's, it's a slightly bigger than a lot of uh the other entries but i managed to Lift it out of the cart and put it on the table that's assigned to me. And I would say it's very clean and kind of a nicely laid out two, two rows of tables on either side with uh, white linen curtains along the sides and some greenery that's woven into the arches along the entire uh, length of the competition. As you're um, you're setting your pastry on the table, you look, and of course, there's plenty of room on the table for you to set it on one side, and another pastry to be displayed on the side. On the other side of, your, of the table there, you know, kind of like a large picnic table, so it gives the the, um, the judges a chance to kind of go around the table instead of having to go from table to table to table. You're kind of adjusting yourself, making sure you're not touching the greenery with your, your pastry and you're setting it up, and you look up. And oh man, there he is. The Gary to your Ash. The Will Wheaton to your Sheldon. The Hugh Jackman to your Ryan Reynolds. That pain-in-the-butt mayor, son. Vienno Arendark. Well, would you looky there. Look who the tabaxi dragged in. What you got for us at this competition? I don't have time, you Vienno. You just please go away. 
Why would I go away? I'm stood up right next to you over here. And I go and place my... Or my automaton places my creation covered up on the table next to yours. You know, what do you, what do you look like? Uh, really short for a teenager. Looks like my growth sport or puberty hasn't happened yet. Long, dark hair, though, that covers the front of my face, almost going through a phase that I shouldn't be having happen. But, you know, I'm the mayor's kid. I do what I want. And real nice clothes, but still tattered near the bottom because we still live in a, a, a smaller town, so it's not like we're in the big city. And I have an automaton that is twice as tall as me that is just carrying my dish next to me. Um, this one is more of a pale color with wood as all the appendages and all the uh, it's painted uh, pale. The automaton or the pastry? The automaton. What you got for us in this competition? You gonna live up to your great failure of last year? <laughs> But I, I told everybody I don't know where I who got me that milk, but I didn't know it was that bad, so I I fixed it this time. Oh, I'm I'm sure you did. So you're not gonna tell me what you're doing this time? I uh, I, I guess I covered my my entry with a cloth as well, but I put my hand on it. No, you're not gonna see this. And I just. Walk away, walk away. So no need to be so hostile, just a little friendly competition. And I go and stand next to Daisy, my automaton. Say, well, I really hope that it knocks the socks off the judges this year. You know, we really hope that's the case this time anyway. I guess just out of my morbid curiosity, uh, what, what did you bring? Oh, I'd be happy to share if you show me yours. Let's wait for the judges. Very well. And I'll just go and sit down in my chair all nice and cozy in front of the table. Daisy will get in between our tables on the side. And then, as a moment of whenever... Lucas sits his hand away from his dish. Daisy will stop being frozen and will reach to pull the cover off of his dish. Make me a sleight of hand check and um, yeah, Lucas, you want to make a perception check? Uh, yeah, I would say I'll be keeping an eye on it. Okay, you can make it with advantage since I'm sure you're closely watching it. I go with a five. A fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah, you are. You're kind of getting things set up. You turn around. You you greet your parents for a minute, and suddenly the um the trinket that that your friend gave you kind of gives you a sensation that you need to turn around. And as you do, there's Daisy getting ready to grab the cloth to try to pull it off to see what's below your pastry there. What are you doing? And I run and shove it. The automaton. Hey, hey, hey! Don't touch! Don't touch her like that. She's a fine piece of equipment. She was just curious. That's all. Get your filthy rust bucket away from my entry. 
That's not a way to talk to a lady, isn't it? It's okay, Daisy. Don't you need to take that from him. No. Just tell her to go off to the side. To the other side, away from the mean boy. Just keep that thing away from me. And my entry will be fine. You're not going to have another meltdown again, are you? That'd be a shame. This time it's going to go perfectly. I'm sure. Well, we'll see what the judges have to say if you won't tell me what it is that you made. It is really tall, though. You sure it's going to stand up? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, our, our, uh, dork. <laughs> Do you think your entry is so special? I, he stands up and slams his hand on the table. What did you call me? That's right. Our dork. <laughs> you better watch what you say. I got people watching. Now, now, boys. Always. If you're going to be acting like that, nobody's going to be allowed to be doing that competition. Both you be kicked out. Yes, sir. And I sit down. I don't even know who said it. I just say yes, sir. There's a um, an older gentleman who's got the you know big old top hat, long mustache that kind of curls on the ends. Creepy little pointy goatee. Black hair. Older gentleman. But he's the head judge. Human. He's got his little bow tie on dressed well. Looks like he ate well at the eating competition, too, so it looks like he's kind of ready for some good pastries. With him are a couple of other judges. There's a... a fairy? Um, must be an out of... Um, out of city judge, because you've never seen a fairy participate in this judging before, but she seems to be following along and taking notes and has her little notepad out. And then with them as well is just another human boy who seems to be about your age and, and you, you, at first you think he is a judge but really in reality you realize he's not he's uh, the judge's son and he's just carrying extra briefcases and notepads and forks and things to kind of help keep the judgment moving along uh, the judge starts going around and starts checking everybody's pastries he kind of gives that a big long speech in regards to the importance of cherry seeds flume run and why we do that every year with the eating competition and the games and and just kind of the value to, to bring farmers together to give them a chance to to unite and congregate and hang out you know catch up on what's going on in cherry seed and, and whatnot and making a warm calm community that loves and respects each other no matter what the competition might look like and he says that he looks at you both kind of with a stern look on his face I give, I give a stern look to Vienna I'm not the one who resorted to naming names and calling names you're the aggressor here he um he begins to go around <laughs> and um He'll taste each cake and each pastry that's kind of delivered. He'll come to yours first, Vienna. What is... He's kind of gone around. He's tasted a couple of the pastries. There's been a couple pies, a couple cupcakes. What do you have to display today? And I say, illustrious judges, thank you for considering my offer for the, the winner, of course. Before you, as you can see, and I pull off the, the top, is... You have what I call the cherry seed yum. We love our cherry seed run, and we love our great town. So I figured why not make this delicious cake 
talking about the great town. As before you, I have set up the finest ingredients that our great village has to offer, a three-tiered devil's food cake that represents how hilly the countryside is. Our great mountains, as you can see, everything is in different levels of height. So many different hills, different uh, ravines. We love adding all this on. Now, I'll, mo I'll mention this cake is like at least two feet wide and high. Or not high, two feet wide and long. It's a big, long cake. Chocolate flowing like our great river to the east, and the juiciest strawberry trees that represent our cherry seed trees. And the massive crowd off to the side, you can see these are made of our little chocolate balls. And you see these freshly made cannolis, made by Daisy, of course. Handmade, I'll have you. To represent our great race and the contestants along the way. Bon appetit. Now, you know we can't be using the cannolis for this competition because your, uh, your automaton there is the one who baked it. He baked, she baked the whole thing, or did, uh, did you get the chance to do some of the baking yourself? The con she, I mean, she is, of course, an extension of me, but the baking was done by moi, of course. Oh, very good. Well, let me see your ingredients. Roll me an intelligence check to make sure you use the right ingredients to make your cake. Uh, it's going to be... A, uh, 19. 19, yeah, there. There, oh, all right. Looks like you got the right ingredients. You made something very perfect. Good. Let's, uh, let's check it for displaying charisma. Now, I know what you wanted to describe, but roll me a good charisma or something in the charisma-related form that, um, would exemplify how amazing your cake is. Hmm. I, I wouldn't say performance, but I would say... Yeah, I don't really know, honestly. I do know that I roll, I guess we could say performance, because my charisma is a plus one. A natural 20 plus one. Okay. Your <laughs> dice are hot tonight. Yeah. And it looks dashing and elegant. I will switch up the dice. They are. You can keep using your good dice. It's fine. They are impressed. They are, you know, the, the pixie seems very impressed. So they go in, they, they cut a piece. Um, seems to be holding well together. Let's roll a wisdom check for flavor. Ooh! Did you mix the ingredients correctly to make it taste just so? I rolled a four. They they gag a little bit as they swallow. Mmm, <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> well, uh, well, well, we'll give you your... Mm, that's a solid C right there. Oh man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sir, but this is the greatest thing you've ever seen. Uh, it's, it, and it has to taste just as well. Oh, that's not how things work, son. Did you even try it after you made? Oh gosh. Of course, I love it. I take a bite of it myself, and I say, "This is it's like super dry." Yeah. Mm. This is amazing. Yes. Mm. Mm. We'll give you a C for now. It's a it's a good try this year, son. He. <laughs> Walks off. I'm just being a little generous. You can kind of hear him whisper to the fairy. I'm being a little generous because he's the mayor's son. But good lord, that was. Oh man. Bahamut, man. bless us. Tell me what. <laughs> yeah. He walks around. The presentation was top tier. It was top tier, and that's about all you had. Execution was not so much. <laughs> 
starts going around and he uh, he eats a couple of the different pastries. You see, you know, he's starting to liven up a little bit. But no one seems to be getting above a grade B so far, which is a pretty impressive sign because you're one of the last three, Lucas. He arrives. Well, what do you got for us this year, Lucas? Is it a not any sour milk like last year? We we paid attention this time, right? Uh, yes, yes, sir. I, I, you know, so, some people may add fancy words to their dishes to compensate for for lack of taste, but I use my skills for something magical, and I take the cloth off. Okay, and why we? It looks like someone ripped the nose off a cave troll and made it into their dish. Huh. Uh, you can see Lucas is like shaking, sweating. Now, son, don't be paying attention to him and his rude words. He's just a little upset that he didn't get a higher score. Is that supposed to be a wizard? It's a it's a wizard's hat, sir. Oh, it's a wizard's hat. Now that's that's lovely. Let me see your your ingredients there. What did you use? Uh, do you want me to just roll or? Yeah, go ahead and just roll. Let's just roll for it. Am I adding anything to it? Um, I would I would use, if you have your level 1 character sheet available, use that. If not, use your current character sheet. And uh, add, you know, like do a basic intelligence check or whatever other kind of intelligence you think Lucas might use to prove that he okay. did the right ingredients. Okay, I... Dirty 20. Dirty 20. Oh, yes. It's... It, Looks like you got the right stuff this year. Looks like the ingredients really fresh. I'm glad you brought that in the box with you. I appreciate that. That's that's really really good. All right. Well, let me see that. Uh, let me see that there uh, charisma check to make sure that your hat's holding up to the standards of looking really cool. Uh, It's, it's not as impressive display as some of the others, but it does have a very impressive display. It's a very good shape. It seems to be holding well. I'm impressed by this. Now, Lucas. Yes. You've got that trinket in your pocket. And it's relatively warm. And you realize you could almost utilize it to help spruce up any of these checks that you're making if you'd like to. That's I, the best way I can describe it to you <laughs> as 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 the character you just realize there's something special about this that might just help you win this competition. I guess I uh, Lucas would not think of it that way. He would Yeah, I don't think he would try and cheat or anything like that, so he's not gonna use any kind of outside magical means to win. He okay. just he tries to do this on pure skill and on his own. Awesome. Realizing that, I think you see this tall blonde woman suddenly apparate in front of you, and it's like the world stops for just a second. She smiles, says, ah. A good way to be a blessing. Bringing pleasure. I like that. And she just gives a small... Kind of, you know, takes her finger and just kind of... Takes a little bit off the hat. And puts it in her mouth. 
Hmm. Good flavor, too. And she vanishes. Alright, son, you uh, you ready to share that cream puff? Yes, sir. Uh, uh, I, I guess I don't hand it to him. Uh, you just take it off the top there. Alright. He reaches out and he, he grabs it. Um, go ahead and roll me a wisdom check, and you can do that with advantage. Okay. 18. <laughs> the, the judge smiles real big and... Wow, these are impressive. Much better than last year. Much better than that thing right across from you there to tell you what. Here you go, you get a grade A. Go on to win that competition with what kind of face does um does Vienno make there as we kind of start fading out as he realizes that he's lost really hardcore to young Meerkat, young Lucas. He uh sits down in his chair defeated and you just see Daisy is just patting him on the back, but it looks like it's like jolting him forward. Like an older brother hitting him and pushing him forward. And he just says, This wasn't deserved. You weren't good enough. You had to have been cheating. There's no way that this could have happened. Yeah, that's right. I'm better than you. As you look down at your your trophy for winning that year. And hearing that those words echo, I'm better than you. I'm better than you. In the background, you're begin to fade back in to the boat the tall woman known as Lyra is gone the carving in your table is also gone but there is a single long golden hair resting in its place What's this? A middle bit? In the midst of my viewing pleasure? Preposterous. Absurd. Ludicrous. Show me to the mongrel who thought up such a thing. To the barbarian who would interrupt a podcast. Let me at the rat-sniffing goat tamer who... Uh, what's that? Oh, uh, I'm the one doing the middle bit this week? Yikes. You never expect that you're the rat-sniffing goat tamer. Well, I guess subscribe. Might be nice if you left a like. Maybe just tell a friend or two about the podcast and how wonderful it is. We would like to take this time and give a special thanks to GP Volan for guest starring during Lucas's backstory. We always appreciate having other content creators on our podcast highlighting their unique storytelling abilities and passions for D&D. And as always, we want to say a thank you to Jason Sketch. By now, you should know how to catch him on Twitch. And uh, he'd love to have you guys in the chat helping to create NPCs and other characters for our campaign. Thank you guys for listening now. If you'll excuse me, I have a date with a rat.
So, crew, you are you're on top of the crow's nest, right? Like that's where you ended up in the last episode. You wanted to just uh, hang out there and you're um, out across the ocean. Yeah, the crow's nest is a good place to be. It uh, kind of a nice separation allows me to have my space, allows me to to just think and observe what's around. What is what is crew thinking about right now? What's what's on his mind? Crew's thinking about how he got into this situation. He's thinking about his past, about how he got this magic that has just kind of led him down this strange path that he never thought he would be on. He is looking out over the horizon, just thinking the miles and miles of ocean that he has traversed, not only in on the string, but also by himself. And then he looks down, looks at his ring, thinks, how could Hade have a son and not tell me? Or how could he give me this ring that supposed to rightfully go to somebody else? And Cruz's ring is got a silver band on both sides with a gold stripe in the middle and then in, encrusted in the top of it is just a small sapphire on the inside bands are some glyphs that he really can't read you would think that they would maybe be elvish or dwarvish in script but without the knowledge of knowing what is what he really can't tell and so looking at that ring takes him back to his past of the day that he ended up getting this ring yeah I was uh... that sounds like an interesting story why don't we talk about that for a minute you uh what did where did crew grow up? What is the Seven Isles that he grew up in? What do those look like? What is his home like? So crew grew up on the Seven Isles, the Withered Wreath. He grew up on the main island of Altain. Altain is where the Turtle Clan lived. They had their buildings built into the island themselves, whether that be a cave or rock formations or anything like that. Um, his clan was the Greet clan. And they had a chieftain, a high priestess, and everybody pretty much just had their job and that's what they did. They were a very religious, very close-knit Clan. They didn't really interact with the outside world very much. So your entire Seven Islands then was just Tortle, Tortle Land? Pretty much. 90% uh, of the Tortles lived on Altain, but there were a few that lived on the other isles, whether that was for their job or just to have a little bit more space around them or something of that sort of thing. So think of Altain kind of as like a downtown and then the other islands kind of as suburbs. Oh wow, so like kind of like Fort Worth, DFW area, or more like... I don't know. Yes, so think of... 
like Dallas being Altane, and then as you move out, so like Ennis or Waxahachie. I know that doesn't make sense to people that are outside of TFW, right? <laughs> but but you know, the smaller s- smaller towns are the other are the other islands. Yeah, so you you get your big core main city on the center island, and as you go farther out, they are suburbs that are close enough to the city that if they need to get to the city, they can, but they're far enough away that they don't deal with the traffic and the noise on a regular basis. Correct, correct. So each of these islands, if they report back to the main island if there's anything that needs to be reported about, but each island themselves doesn't really have any kind of leader or structure. It's more of just a small town that then feeds back into the bigger town or bigger island. Awesome. So your, your society is one that kind of caters to everybody kind of growing on their own. It looks like you don't, um, if I remember correctly talking to you before we started, you don't have a family structure there. It's more like everybody kind of helps take care of everybody else. And the turtles live in groups together. Yeah. So the turtle clans, they don't believe in parentage. So you don't know who your mom is. You don't know who your dad is. Everybody in the community pitches in to help provide for the young. So as turtles grow up, they the younger the older ones will look after the younger ones until they reach of age, which is about twenty years of age, and then those turtles will then move out to start their trades or something along those lines. Awesome. And so did you, in this cave that you're, you're living in, did you have like chores or something that you had to do on a regular basis? Or something that crew would just, that's his job, this thing he had to do, his chore. So crew did have a job. Uh, crew's job was to clean up after the younger turtles. Um, so the turtles themselves, uh, until they were of age, they all lived within one big main living space there was bunks upon bunks upon bunks on the wall dug into the rock walls in this cave and as you grew up you moved up in bunks um and along the inner floor was tables and different seating areas that were just littered with toys crew's job was to make sure that stayed in order and to say that he was horrible at his job would be an understatement. He liked to try and push it off on some of the other turtles to try and do his job for him. He would maybe not necessarily boss the younger turtles <laughs> around, but try and persuade them to say to do to do that for him. Yeah, um, unfortunately, today's one of those days you just you just could not get um, any of the little ones to do their your your chore for you, and so here you are. You're cleaning up after them now. You're you're having to pick up all the clothes that are kind of scattered across the room and, and have to sweep and tidy sweep the room and tidy things up. Um, man, uh, how's Crew feeling? What's he doing right now? Crew is he's grumpy. I would say he's grumpy. He's not you know he's not totally mad that he couldn't get somebody to do his chores because 
at the end of the day, they are his chores. But I would say he's grumpy that he today just was one of those days that he couldn't talk somebody into it. So he's begrudgingly pulling the tables apart that had been pushed together and picking up the toys and putting them back where they belong and just gathering up loose papers and drawings that the kids had done and stuff like that and deciding, does this one belong on the fridge or does this one belong in the trash? (laughs) In the trash. Always in the trash. (laughs) Yeah, you've got one picture and you're looking at it and it's... um... It's got like a sun, and there's two turtles dancing on each side. It looks like one is is an older turtle that's kind of shaking his finger, and there's there's two other turtles on the other side. That one's got a bow on their head to kind of indicate it's a female turtle, and one is I don't know, I guess a male turtle that's got a ball in his other hand, and they're uh, they're listening to the elder shaking their finger. Um, when suddenly uh, your your buddy Ren runs around the corner. Um, Ren looks a little bit different than, than the rest of the turtles you've grown up with. He's got this cool blue mark that goes over his right eye and it goes down to his neck until it goes basically into the inside of his um, shell there. His his shell is kind of a textured color, textured in a strange way where it's like a thumbprint, but it's also kind of tinted throughout that, that print as well where some parts of it's a little bit darker than the others, um, almost kind of like a checkered pattern. He's got on a robe right now like most of you guys wear at the time i imagine a lot of you guys do a lot of kung fu jiu-jitsu kind of breathing exercises and practices out there and he looks like he's just come back from having to go to his class for that no shoes but he's running he's panicking and you kind of hear him no 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 as he's running into the room rin what's what's going on don't don't touch me and he kind of goes into a corner he's like grabbing his his hands and he's shaking no, 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 come on, no, stop, what? stop, stop. Rin, Rin, it's it's me, it's crew. What's go- what's going on? I, I can't I can't control it. I can't and Can, you can't control what? Right when you ask that question, uh, a firebolt flies from his hands and um, slams into one of the beds behind you and it catches fire. No 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 mm-hmm. and then you see a purple energy swirl around him and <laughs> he turns into a plant. Um, uh, yeah, there's suddenly in his place where he was is now a small potted plant with uh, just two leaves, kind of like uh, kind of like the plant from um, from Wally. Rin, Rin. I'm gonna kind of like push, like shake the pot back and forth to see if I get any response. The uh, the plant droops a little bit. There doesn't seem to be any response from uh, the plant itself. Bed's on fire behind you, though. Crap. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to kind of look around. Uh, I'm assuming I can find some blankets laying on other beds. Oh, yeah. For uh, sure. Grab a couple of the other blankets and try and smother out the fire. Oh, hey, hey, what's going on here? You, you look at the door and... and one of the priest guards is there. Two priest guards are standing there, actually, um, with their fancy feathers on their heads and the, of course, regular priestial garb. And uh, uh, wh- why is that bed on fire? What did you do? Uh, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It was um, one of the other little kids. I just they were running around with with little fire sticks, and I, one of them caught the bed on fire, and I'm trying to put it out. Oh, uh, one of them casts um, shape water and. Uh, 
takes a pot of one of the pots of water that's in there and shapes water around the fire until it goes out. Thank you. That's a pretty high bed for the little ones to be um to be playing with candlesticks on. Well, these kids can be crazy. You know how it is. Are you are you sure you didn't see someone walk through here um and can cast magic or anything? No, uh in fact, you're one of the few in the in the clan that can cast magic that I've seen, sir. It's a good point, but I, did I cast fire in your room? <laughs> no. I, Not that I saw, but my back was turned towards the door. Don't think he seemed... He's not old enough. Alright, alright. I'm sorry to be bothering you. Sorry to be bothering you. Okay, can I get back to my chores now? Yes, I, yes. I, I'd like to get this finished up so I can go play for the day. Yes, yes, of course. Um, finish well, young one. You've Perhaps one day you can be big and strong and, and have a good job like we have. Thank you. And, and may Talru smile upon you. Uh, and you as well. Um, see you at services tomorrow evening. Yes, sir. Very good. And the two guards walk out. You got a pot of plant in the back of the room. Uh, you've got a now unput out fire. What do you, uh, what do you do? Uh, Crew's going to kind of walk towards the front, the opening of the cave, and just make sure that the the guards have left. Okay. And then he's going to run back over, grab the potted plant and stealthily sneak out of the cave and find some kind of secluded area within the island to see if there's something he can do to bring Rin back out of this weird form. He's, sure. never, he's never seen his friend do this before, <laughs> so he's completely lost. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, roll me a stealth check with advantage. I imagine you've had plenty of practice of hiding in special places, but... Oh, not yes. crew. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Oh, and by the way, um, out of the game, I've decided to use my character sheet from level one, since this is a pre-thing. This is perfect. That's smart. 19. 19, yeah. Wow. Crew uh, knows his island pretty well. There's no no concern. Um, you find your hiding spot. What does it look like? What Where do you go to hide? What is your regular hiding spot? So, Crew... As a young turtle, I'd say probably about six or seven, uh, that's probably when his rebellious stage really started, was he found that two of the buildings that were on the island sitting next to each other had a small gap in between them, just barely big enough to squeeze in if you sucked in your breath. And if you could sneak through that crack, then it opened up into a bigger cavern that nobody really knew about. And he kind of made that his little hideout cavern thing. Only probably two or three of his friends knew about this place. Is he decorated in any way special, or is it just a cavern? He, he It's pretty much just a cavern. He may have a few sparse things here and there, but for the most part he doesn't want to draw any attention that this is his special place. Awesome. 
Yeah, you go there. Um, it looks like there's like you know some crumbs on the floor. Maybe you know maybe um, Zephra had been there a little while beforehand, but it doesn't look like anybody's there right now. I wish Zephyr would learn to clean up after herself. And kind of just try and sweep up the the little bits of crumbs. And then I set the the pot of plant in the center. And just sit there and stare at it. Try and figure out how... What happened to Ren? How can I bring him back? Okay. Crew is a complete loss. He's never heard of anything. Maybe a fairy tale of a druid changing into animals but not into plants so that is something that he has never heard of yeah um the plant just sits there and uh and now it's you know a little a little ajar and, and to the side i think the way you were carrying it was a little a little odd and so it's you know partly in the dirt partly not after you know i mean if you don't do anything, you got about three hours before he'll turn back, so. Crew is going to kind of dump the pot out or dump pull the plant out of the pot. Okay. <laughs> it's it maybe like dig a little hole in in the in the dirt within the cave and try and plant him there. See if maybe he needs a little bit more space. Then he's going to Rin, you 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 stay right here. If you change back while I'm gone, you still stay right here, and just hope. Praise to tell Rue that Rin hears him and understands what's being said. Then he's going to he's going to sneak back out of his cavern and grab a another pot or picture on the way. And head towards the ocean to try and get some water. Or he's gonna actually he's gonna head and try and find some fresh water on the okay. island. Yeah, um, I imagine y'all got a little well in the you know close cl several close proximities that way y'all can get access to mm -hmm. the uh, the water you need to be able to drink and do things. So he's gonna head to one of those wells and fill up the pot and start heading back towards his hidey hole. All the while being mindful of who's watching is you know there are any guards kind of watching him just being very insightful about what's going on yeah, make a perception check 13 no nobody's watching you nobody nobody's bothered by crew carrying water so so crew gets back to his hidey hole turns his back towards the hole starts kind of whistling to himself nonchalantly as he backs into the hole hopefully not bringing any attention to what's going on you know that little like do 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 don't pay attention to me type thing right yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think it's perfect yeah all the other turtles seem to be going about their business there's there's little kids that are running and messing around some of the other ones that are still living in the centered island are helping to kind of manage the children make sure they don't kill themselves they're kind of getting on to some of the kids as they're playing with candlesticks with fire because that's apparently a thing that happens in the middle of town <laughs> why not <laughs> so, i don't seem to understand <laughs> rock doesn't burn 
<laughs> no, but your clothes and other children do. Really? No, don't burn Johnny. <laughs> so he's going to sneak back into his little hiding hole and start kind of slowly pouring the water around the plant to see if maybe that will perk it up. Maybe if that will help bring Rin back. Yeah, um, yeah, you're pouring water on him. Suddenly, he a cloud of smoke poofs around you as you're still pouring water. You go, stop, stop! Oh, gosh, no, stop! Rin! Rin! <laughs> you're back! And but the crew is, crew is yeah. still pouring <laughs> as he's talking. Stop. You're getting my... You're getting me all wet? What? Where are my pants? And the pot is uh, now turned into a pair of pants on the other side of the room and he's half buried in the ground why am i what you were a plant did you I just didn't... grab me and throw me in the dirt yeah i didn't know what to do i've never you've never done this before no it's it's new um i'm scared i i don't what what happened how did this happen What's going on? Start from the beginning. Uh, uh, roll a persuasion check. Natural one. With advantage, because he's your friend. Seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Seventeen. Yeah. Uh, at first, he's like, oh, I don't know if he's going to make that face of like, I don't know if I'm going to tell you. And then suddenly you rolled better. And he was like, oof, you know what? He's my buddy. I'm going to trust him. So he kind of looks at you and goes, man, uh, you know that uh, the island there on the, the southwest? The one Got with the, the mountains. Hill? Yeah. Uh, I was I was down there for a few days. I don't know if you noticed I was I was gone. Yeah, I, I noticed you were gone. I, I'm surprised you didn't get in trouble. You know we're supposed to be back before sunset. Oh, yeah, you know, they... I gotta go explore, but, uh, you know, I, I'm, I get bored of being in the middle. Yeah, it, it is. It is more fun out on the outskirts. Yeah. It, um. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But I was out there, and uh, I met this really, really big red man with a long beard and um, pointed shoes. And he uh, he asked if I wanted to be able to defend myself. You know, the, those bullies—they're always picking on me. For my blue, my blue mark. Yeah. And, uh, I said, yeah, and the next thing I know, I'm, I'm, I'm shooting fire, and I can do all these other crazy and weird things that I've never done before, and then I, I became a sheep for two days. A sheep? A sheep. Yeah, it was weird. Grass doesn't taste good, man. I, I had to eat it, though. Yeah, I mean... I guess you can't go two days without eating. I mean, I know how much you like to eat, Ren. Yeah, that's not very nice. I'm pouring my <laughs> heart out to you, and you're... <sighs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm just trying to release the tension. This, this is weird, man. Maybe... I don't know. I, I gotta get off the island, though. This is not... Can you... Can you hide it? <laughs> I tried. You just saw me trying. It, it's almost like it explodes out of me. Weird things... Weird things happen, man. I, I I picked on those buoys and I, I was able to use this cool magic to kind of make the earth shake below them and suddenly I started feeling super weird and that's that's why I ran back to the room. 
did he give you anything? Like, how is this magic coming out of you now? I, I don't know. He, he touched me on the nose and said a, a quick boop and um, the power will become yours. And, uh, yeah, I, it's kind of cool. The boys are, are, I think, are scared of me now. But, I don't know, man, those, those, I had some priest guards follow me around for a little while, too. I don't, I don't think I can stay here anymore. Uh, how about this? Nobody except for you and Zephra know about this hidey hole. Stay yeah. here. Stay here. I'll, okay. I'll go. I'll go to Kathu and see if I can figure something out. Cause, man, I can't lose you. You're you're like my best friend. Yeah, yeah. That's that's probably a good idea. I'll uh, I'll, I can stay. Can you bring me some food? Yeah, I'll, I'll bring man, you some I'm, food. I'm hungry. Not grass, please. Uh, but that's the specialty for today. Oh, man. I can't, man. Like, I was just a plant. I can't. It's weird to be eaten. Do you know what photosynthesis tastes like, dude? It's really sour. Alright, look. I, I think just... I have I think I have some Kinzu fruit. Uh, I'll go grab that for you. Is that okay? Okay, I, I guess. I prefer meat. I'll grab, a, I'll grab a, a couple of fish on the way, too. Okay. The crew is going to sneak into the kitchens and grab some food to take back to Ren. Um, for the sake of brevity, roll me a slight of hand check to see if you're able to confiscate such. Six. You find the fruit, but no fish. There's cooks coming in, and you, you know that you're not supposed to be in there. So I'll grab I'll grab as much of the fruit as I can, without being too obvious, and sneak out. Yeah, roll a d4. One. You got <laughs> one fruit. Crap. <laughs> <laughs> Baby crew is not rolling hot tonight. No. Oh man. So I'll take I'll take the the one fruit back to to Rin. Okay. This is this is all you could get. And the. the the cook's are already in there. I was lucky to even get this one. It's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll try to sneak out later. Yeah, if you could find the man, maybe turn these powers off. I'll, I'll do my best. Okay. Try not to set anything on fire. I mean, if, if you feel the urge, just point it at the ground or something so it doesn't catch anything. Okay. I, I'll try. You, you know how much this little hidey hole means to me. Yeah, well, I mean, we've been drawing pictures in here for forever. We're, you know, I know. one one day when the, the aliens come down, they're gonna see our thing and think we were crazy. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, maybe you could maybe you could practice on your drawing so you can get to Zephyrus' skill at some point. Oh, that's that's a that's a good idea. I wonder if my magic can help me with that. Don't don't go crazy. Oh. Okay. I don't 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 get used to it. We're trying to get rid of your power, remember? Right, right. You're right. I I should try to control it. I'll I'll start. I'll just he puts his bifoc bifocals on. I'll I'll just uh, I'll work on drawing something cool for you when you get back. Okay. Deal. Cool. Who's gonna get back out of the the hole and start walking towards uh? 
towards the southwest, towards Kathu. Okay. The distance between... How do you guys travel between each island? Because I imagine if they're islands, they're going to have water between them. They do. Some of the islands are close enough that they have bridges. Kathu, however, is a little bit of a swim. Okay. Bruno's how to swim? Yep, Bruno has to swim. He doesn't like to swim, necessarily, but he does know how to swim. Okay. Just for fun, because you're rolling so hot tonight, let's do an athletics check to see how well you swim from one island to the other. Natural 20 for 21. Nice. You are impressed with your skill. You have you have swam hard in the past, and it seems like a breeze. In fact, you get to Cathu a little bit faster than you've been told it should take. You know, they usually say it takes about a, you know an hour and a half swim. You did it in like 45 minutes. You're impressed. Maybe as the older kids just trying to keep you from hanging out with them. You're not sure either. But, you know, that's a possibility, so. Rin, or, Rin is in trouble, so Crew, Crew sticks up for his friends. He wants to make sure he's okay. Makes sense. When you, you get to the other island, the grass is, is green. The village is on the far northwest side of this island, and so... You're closer more on the east side of the island currently, and it's no other turtles in sight right now. You see the mountains ahead of you. A lot of the other kids have kind of told you about this island, but has has Crew ever actually been on this island before? No, Crew would have not been to this island before. He would have just stayed to the ones that had bridges. Okay. Let's let's roll a perception check. A ten. 10. Yeah, it t takes you a little while. You're looking around, trying to figure out where, where to even begin looking for a big man. A big red man in this area. Do I see any caves or anything like that? Well, yeah, I was, was going to say that you, you notice a, a waterfall, and it's it's odd because it doesn't seem to be f falling. It seems to be a water up. It's going the opposite direction than most water falls go. Has crew heard of this waterfall before? Is this something that is well known, or is this a new occurrence? This is a new occurrence. He's heard of a waterfall being over here before, and that they specifically say waterfall at the river up top flows down, but for some reason it's um, it's not. Even the fish seem confused because they're they're jumping down the water up, the water up, down jumping down the water up, and um, trying to get to the bottom. So, something seems to be odd about that specific location. So that just screams magic to crew. So he's going to head towards it. When he gets close enough, he's going to stealthily look around, see, is there, like, something behind the waterfall? Is there, like, a deeper cave underneath where the pool would have been? Yeah, there's... It looks like there's a cave behind that waterfall. Super big, super large. It could be a little intimidating for someone that young to, to notice and walk into, but there's a light towards the back of the room. Crew is going to try and avoid being caught in the water as much as he can. Basically kind of scoot along any kind of lip or ledge there is to get into the cavern behind the waterfall or water up 
and okay. stick to the wall as soon as he gets in to basically try and hide in any kind of shadow that's right there. Acrobatics check! I'm so good at those. <laughs> Three. Three. Uh, yeah, you slip and fall, and um, as you're getting ready to crash onto the ground, you see this big blue hand reach out, and uh, does it grab you? We'll find out. Let's roll. It does not grab you, and you splash into the water. About a moment later, you see that big blue hand follows you down in and, and grabs you by the hand and, and pulls you out. Before you is a light blue-skinned giant creature. He's got a strange turban hat on with a, a pointy beard, big grin on his face, and he's got he's got a belly. He wears a dark blue vest and um, where his legs should be. Uh, the air kind of spins around and, and twirls kind of like the Tasmanian devil. And it seems to keep him afloat and he smiles. Hmm. What's a little one like you doing all the way out here? I'm... I'm here to help my friend Rin. Who are you? Ha. I am known by many names. I am Goran Van Dune, Hade the Great, Sutan the Firebringer, and Aquin the Prince of Seas. But today, today you can call me Hade the Great. Hi, Hade. <laughs> he kind of holds you in his hand and he's, he's just kind of looking down at you. And <laughs> What seems to be troubling you, little one? It's, uh, what's wrong with your friend? He, uh... He said he was over here and met a giant red man hmm. person thing and all of a sudden he has magic powers interesting magic powers are cool but i also don't want my friend to have to leave the island i see and so why why are you here to help him then? Why not let him come on this adventure his own? To come save his himself from this new gift that's been bestowed upon him? Because he can't control his powers, and he's my best friend, so I have to take care of him. Are you saying you care for your friend, and you'd give anything up to make sure that he's okay? Yes. Very much so. Well, I don't know anything about a big red man, but... Perhaps... Perhaps this tool might help you. If you might be willing to accept it, of course. Anything. I'd do, I'd do anything if I could help my friend. Pulls out a ring and he... He looks you dead in the eye, and it's that same ring we described earlier tonight with that silver band and the blue gem on top. He looks you straight in the eye and he says, With great power comes some sacrifices. This is your vessel. Keep it out of harm's way. 
use it for the right things. Drew will extend his hand out to accept the ring. And as you see the ring shrink and fall into your hands, um, you kind of flash back to reality, where you're at now on top of the, the crow's nest. Um, the ring is still in your hand, but you're, you're, you're awakened because the boat just jostled a little bit. And you look out, you see a large coral reef around you, and what appears to be some sort of water current by the coral reef that is beginning to suck your boat in. Jean, you're you're at the helm. The the seas are calm. They're you know the the sky has been kind of murky most of the drive to Linguina. Is it driving a boat? Do you drive sail at the helm? You sail. You sail. Sail while you're sailing. Yes, thank you. Not super terribly awful. You're you're looking around and uh, crew's doing crew things up in the crow's nest and uh, your boy Lucas is off I, you assume making lunch you're getting kind of hungry but you've got yourself at the helm and, and you've got this new well before we even dive into that like how are you feeling the captain's down you're kind of not running the crew you're being run by a 15 year old what's, what's going through Jean's mind right now Okay, John is not being run by a 15-year-old. A 15-year-old happens to be the captain of the boat that John happens to be on. I see, I see. And happens to be going along with. But I'm not sure that John is prepared to be taking orders from Captain Bull. Fair uh, enough. But he is, John is, without the protection of the captain, John is much more concerned about going to Linguina and knowing that there will most likely be someone somewhere who knows who he is, or at the very least knows his name. And John is very keenly aware that he's not supposed to be out on the ocean sailing because his aunt will hunt him down and kill him if she finds out. And so I think that's a lot of what is preoccupying John's mind is how he's going to stay hidden while they're at uh, Linguina and then how he's going to maneuver around the crew and you know, what, what type of identity he's going to adopt and just all of that kind of stuff. And even trying to think of maybe a lesser role that he can take on on the ship and be less noticeable around these strangers. Interesting. Man, so you're, you're thinking about these different things and you, you kind of reach down instinctively as you think of your, your aunt possibly boarding the ship and you've, you've got a new weight. There's a new sword. Are you right-handed or left-handed, and what side do you draw from? John Lafayette is left-handed, and so he draws from the right side, his right hip. Touch your right hip as you as you look down. Um, 
you see the hilt of this rapier that your captain's given to you. That purple greatsword that he carried around for so long is now a small rapier in your hands. You take a closer look at it and you realize this might not be the first time you've seen this rapier. Why is it so familiar? And our, our camera around us begins to do that wobbly woo-woo-woo that they do when they have memories mm -hmm. in TV shows. Mm -hmm. And uh, everybody knows what I'm talking about when I do the woo-woo-woo sound. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty universal. You can yeah. go anywhere in the world to make that sound, and they know that you're talking about the wobbly lines on the TV. <laughs> yeah, the wobbly lines on the TV. Exactly, that's it. Yes. And we go back, and we see... John, he's let's say he's six years old. What does a six-year-old John look like? What's he wearing? What's his little rabbit body getting ready for puberty looking like? Mm -hmm. He's he's still got that prepubescent, like fluffy fuzz of a rabbit. Yeah. He doesn't quite have you know the the straighter, more. Uh, fine hairs. He's still got a lot of that fluff that hangs around baby rabbits. Um, as far as dress, his mother tends to dress him in like fine, proper clothing and wants him to look all nice and trim. But, you know, John is uh, just as adventurous as a kid as he is as an adult. And you know his his clothes are very unkempt you know they they look nice but everything's all wrinkly and you know his shirt has come untucked and his uh his collar is a little popped here and you know like half of it's up the other half is out and it's uh he's wearing nice clothes but you can definitely tell he's not meant to be in them you're we find you in the middle of your villa I would say you're in a, like a portico, kind of in the garden area of your villa. Okay, what what is that word? Portico. Por portico. Yeah, is that like the the like? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> in my mind, it's like sometimes you see them in yards, but this this large round thing, and it's got it's like a small building that has kind of no walls, but it's got a roof over it, and it's got some seating center underneath it, and then it's got like. Okay, yeah, yeah, so kind of like a gazebo. A gazebo, that's the yeah. better word for what we're looking for. Okay. Um, it's got some good vines growing on it. There's a small table in the middle of the gazebo. And and there he is, your your instructor is sitting across the table and he, he bangs his fist down. I'm telling you, and he's an old turtle man with his the crack shell and he's just he's shaking his fist. I'm telling you, Jean, you've You've got to do your studies. This is this is common knowledge. This is the way you write and read common, and you've you've got to begin learning, or you're never going to. I'm never gonna need that in life. I don't need to read and write. I'm gonna sail on the seas. Uh, even even sailors have to read and write th their compensation. It's not like there's road signs in the ocean. <laughs> No, you're right. There are no road signs, but don't you want to read the name of your boat? 
it's uh, you're not going to be able to see the name from the helm. Teach me how to read a map instead. That's what I want to learn. We, we got to start with words first, and then you can learn how to read a map. No, I want math. And of course, your mom walks up. What does your mom look like? What is what is her dashing beauty of a mother? Uh, she is. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> What the heck do female rabbits in D&D look like? <laughs> I'm sure she's a very dashing female rabbit in D&D, and I feel a little awkward being asked to describe what a dashing female rabbit would look like. <laughs> so I'm going to take a crack at it, but I would like all of our listeners at home to know I am not attracted to rabbits, and I am simply... <laughs> Doing my best, okay? <laughs> I'm not attracted to rabbits. <laughs> uh, so I imagine she is uh, <laughs> being from the nobility of rabbits. <laughs> uh, she's much more slender and, and trim and proper and you know, she is wearing the nice, fine clothes. You know, I'm sure she's got a, a vest and a nice blouse and nice trousers and everything. And uh, uh, just, you know, unlike Jean, all of her clothing is just very nicely pressed. And all of her seams are just right. And she moves very slowly and gracefully. Um, she's always got a smile on her face and is happy but just has that uh quiet uh quiet demeanor to her when she is disciplining john it's never a harsh loud word it's always you know quiet and trying to bring him bring his focus back into what he's supposed to be doing Hey, John. How's... How are your studies coming along? This ugly old turtle won't tell me anything about maps. He keeps <laughs> saying I've got to learn how to read these darn words. Oh, my. <laughs> Cornelius is just trying to teach you how to be able to read so you can read maps. That's all. <sighs> but I want to learn about the sea beasts. <laughs> well, maybe perhaps tomorrow might be a better day to learn sea beasts, you. You know, it's almost dinner time. Perhaps you should go get dressed and ready for that. Okay, sounds good. And Wait, ma'am, we just got... takes uh, off running as soon as he can. <laughs> but ma'am, we... Oh, it'll be fine. He'll be okay. <laughs> Who needs to read anyways these days? He'll have servants. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, you rush off. Where do you go? Where do you, what do you, how do you do? Do you have servants help you change clothes? What does your room look like? What is the rest of the villa? What's the stonework like? Oh, who said I was going to my room? I was just oh. trying to get out of my studies. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I told you to go change clothes for dinner and you just... Uh... Yeah, we're not doing that. Just okay. he asks us to do something doesn't mean we have to. Okay. 
Where, where's John going now, then? What are we doing? John has a uh, special spot on the roof of his house where on nice clear days such as this, he can look out and just see the port way off in the distance. And he likes to watch the the different ships come in and out of the port and uh, watch just the activity that goes on as... Uh, Ships are coming into the docks, and as they're weighing anchor and getting underway, watching the sails unfurl and watching them being hoisted up as the ships are going in and out. And uh, he tends to spend most of his evenings up there watching the ships coming and going and uh, just waits for his mother's call of dinner before uh, coming back down. The the roof of your villa is kind of that red not shingles is not the right word, but it's like a clay roofing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I imagine it's a little bit slanted, but but you know, you're six, so you're able to find the good spots to kind of hold. You've you've kind of got some of that background of learning how to hold on to things and, and hide. Um so it's working out pretty well for you. Nice beam work up there that kind of holds everything in place, and the the stonework of your walls. I'm imagining is like a light, lightish gray color with an occasional black, just large rock in it to kind of add some texture and, and color to the the walls themselves. Um, but you you got a hefty stone, and you need to living so close to the beach and all. You you're looking out on these ships, and they're coming in, they're docking, and you um you see a strange a strange hooded figure walking up your front lawn um he's got a big old box behind him roll you want to do a perception check sure we can do a perception check oh man let's see that is going to be a 12 12 uh yeah um you can kind of tell you, you you're struggling to tell what shape of a humanoid it is that's walking up to your doorway but you do manage to see a tail a pretty thick tail coming out from the back of back of the cloak and it's an amethyst color it's a little scaly the arcs on the top are, are a darker purple but the side scales are that lighter amethyst color Okay. You watch as the man approaches. You assume it's a man, I guess. The humanoid approaches and uh, knocks on the door. And your your Goliath butler, he answers. Hmm. I'll let the master know you have arrived. And he lets the gentleman inside with this big old box. John knows better than to, uh, you know, call out to strangers, especially with the people that his parents deal with. Uh, you know, they're typically important people, and John's been told his whole life, you know, to be seen but not heard, speak only when spoken to, and, uh, you know, not to interrupt and all that kind of stuff. And so he's very curious, but uh, he knows better than to try and call out while the stranger is approaching or anything like that but 
uh, as he does approach the house and, and knocks, John is going to get down from his perch on the roof and try and sneak back inside and see if he can't figure out who this guy is and uh, what he's doing here. Yeah, roll me, um, roll me a stealth check. Okay. You're good at those now, right? I don't know. I rolled well, so <laughs> whether I am or not, I should be okay. Uh, 18 plus 5 is 23. Perfect. Yeah, you, you're able to sneak in behind this guy. No problem. Um, in fact, you find a, a, you know, there's a large pot. A What kind of plant would your mom have in this large pot? She has lots of eucalyptus. Yeah, so it's like a little little eucalyptus um, forest that you're able to kind of just stealthily into and, and kind of dive down in and, and hide. You've, you've learned pretty good of how to not poke your ears out from, from above the leaves, but it'll let, them, let them sit low enough where you can still hear, but they're not visible. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, the gentleman sits down, pulls back his hood. You can tell this is a amethyst dragonborn. He's got a strange purple crown kind of floating above his head. From out of his cloak, he pulls out a captain's hat and puts it on. Mm. It's uh, very evident. There, there's there's a small rustle from rustle and growl from the, uh, the cage, and he kind of just kicks it with his foot and says, Calm down. You're fine. This is not going to be a problem. Eventually, your dad walks in. Nadar, I did not did not expect to see you. Where's your captain? I got the letters. Well, uh, you know, the expedition you sent us on, uh, we were able to find his way home, so, um, I'm kind of taking charge of things for now. I see, and, and did you find what we were looking for? Yes, yes, yeah. I think you're... I think he's going to be very content with this. They say that Drake Warden's able to talk to him through it. Your dad kind of looks around for a second. Don't. Don't talk like that right here. We have servants that have relatively large ears, and I don't want anybody to know. Remember, this society is a secret. There are only six of us. Right, I'm... I'm sorry. And he pulls out the rapier, well, a kind of a wrapped cloth, and then out of it comes the purple rapier that you've been carrying recently. Hmm. Ah. Oh. He does speak to me through this. Yes, this was the one for me. Thank you. you you've managed to find it, said. It's hard finding the, the six pieces and bringing the six wardens together to to try to set him free. I'm, I'm surprised you were able to locate one of the six. Uh, you know, there's there's many things lost in Terrarium with the different islands you can hit there and different the different wormholes you jump into to experience the different islands. So it's not a problem at all. I see. Well, thank you. Perhaps. Come, dinner's getting ready to get started. Uh, 
I'm sure you'd like a meal. Oh, yeah, that'd be that'd be just fine. They leave the box there and go off to wherever you eat food. You, you kind of hear mom in the distance. Jean. Jean. John is if he has has his dad and Nadar left yet. Yes. Okay. Then he'll call out, "Coming! Just a minute." Okay. And <laughs> he's going to go over to the box. Okay. And lift up the cloth that's around it and just peek his head inside and see what's there. Uh, you look inside, and the first thing you notice are two large eyes. There's a snout that kind of sticks out towards you. Though it's... it's Whatever this creature is, it's, it's small enough that it's kind of cowering in the back corner of the uh, cage. It's not a box, it's a cage. And um, it's a bluish sapphire color. You lift up a little bit more to get a little more light, and the scales on this dragon begin to glisten, and you realize this is a baby dragon. In your mind, you, you hear a voice. I'm, please, please don't hurt me. I, I just want to go home. Hurt you? You mean you're not going to eat me? Why, why would I eat you? I don't know. You're a dragon. Isn't that what you guys do? Uh, no, we, my, my mommy works with, with the Drake Wardens. She, she says you never eat people, you help them. What are Drake Wardens? I don't know. Just people that come by sometimes with, they call themselves that. That's weird. Where yeah. do you live? Waystation 7? I've never heard of that one. Did oh. you get here on a boat? Yeah. Uh, they what was that like? I, I can tell you more if you let me out. Mm, I don't know. Maybe you should tell me more and then I'll let you out. A roll persuasion check. Or intimidation, whatever you prefer. Uh... We'll just do straight persuasion, which I'm very good at. 22. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, okay. Uh, it was mostly dark. The, the 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 boat rocked a lot. I was I was in the cage. They they, they promised to take me back to my mom. I haven't seen her in in, in so long. Uh, uh, you mean you didn't see anything on the boat? No, uh, I saw the food. The food uh, was really good. Oh yeah, what you have? Yeah. Steak. Steak? That's pretty good. Yeah. I think we're I like Shepherd's Pie again. Oh. Yeah. I don't know what that tastes like. It's not great. Oh. John! Well, I'm just washing up. Which okay. Which done before a day <laughs> in his life. <laughs> Um, well, I, I told you about the boat. Will you, will you let me out? I, I gotta go find my mom. 
how are you gonna find her? Can you fly? Yeah, I got these wings, see? Can you give me a ride? Roll a persuasion trick for your DM. <laughs> <laughs> oh, which dice do I choose? <laughs> oh, natural 20. I'm taking a picture of it, so you know I'm not lying. <laughs> Are you texting it to me? <laughs> right this second. Oh, that is awesome. It is indeed a natural 20, which brings the persuasion roll to a 27. Oh my gosh. I'm yes, watching yes. The progress I, bar tick up. <laughs> I, I will. I, I'll give you I'll give you a ride, I promise. Just just let me out. Okay. And John will start looking for is there like a latch or something a lock? How how can he open up this cage? Uh, yeah, it's a simple latch. You realize that if the dragon had been smart enough, he could have just flipped the hook and uh, unlocked the gate. Uh, you really should go to school. I've got this tutor, Cornelius. What are the chances yeah? you know how to turn yourself into a rabbit? He makes stinky smells and noises. What? You said a he was a tutor. He teaches me things. He doesn't poot. Oh. I see. I I see. John lifts up the latch and he is just, you know, holding up the the the, the curtain, the drape around this cage enough to to let the the dragon out so that uh, he can set it back down real quick as soon as the dragon is out and hopefully it won't look like anything has really happened that it hasn't been disturbed yeah things seem fine you that slowly walks out and it it kind of stays low and kind of cowers like your dog does sometimes when it feels like it's in trouble or something um that slow kind of looks kind of keeping an eye on you and then it slowly walks out it, it lets its wings out and kind of gets low on the ground and says okay a promise is a promise. If 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 you want to ride, I need to do it now because I, I want to hurry and find my mom. Well, yeah, let's let's go outside and can you can you give me a can you fly me over the docks? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so John sneaks over to the door. He's trying to make sure all the 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 butler and whatnot that none of the servants are around, and so he opens up the door checks outside and motions the, the dragon over and has him sneak out. Okay, yeah. It, it, it follows you outside and she, she gets down low again, ready for you to climb on, kind of keeping that close eye on you. Yeah. John hops on and says, My name's John. What's your name? M my name is Safara. Safara? Safara. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Uh, uh, hold on tight. And she takes off, and it's kind of a rush. Um, Jean, have you ever experienced anything like this? Or just quick, like um, a 0 to 60 jump in speed all of a sudden? Uh, no, a six-year-old rabbit in a <laughs> uh, medieval time period 
has not experienced anything like riding a dragon before. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's a quick 0 to 60. You have to hold on tight to stay latched, but she whoosh, flies you through the air. You go all the way up into the clouds, and you start flapping around for a while, and she brings you down low, and you're you're, you're a little heavier than I thought, but, but we can make it to the docks, but I'll I'll have to let you go down there. Is that okay? No, you got to bring me back. Uh, uh, it's okay. dangerous down there for me. Oh, uh, I'll, I'll try. <laughs> she swoops in, and you can see all the different boats. There's flags and colors being shown everywhere. There's people drinking and laughing and and uh, sailors being sailors and, and men taking things off of boats, and you can't tell if they're supposed to be doing that or not, but but it's a thing that's happening. There's people that are fencing, and it is just a party down there. John sure? is in complete awe as he's watching everything going on down below him. And uh, he's probably been down to the docks a few times with his parents, but they've certainly protected him from some of the more rabble-rousing and carousing parts. And this is much more interesting and entertaining than he's ever uh, anything he's ever seen occur down there before. She weaves you in and out of the um, man, the poles that hold the flags and things, and says, "Okay, I'm, I'm getting kind of tired. Let's let's go ahead and take you on back." Okay, I really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. Uh, thank you, John, for for helping me. Of course, anytime. She she takes you, can you back. Just set me back down on the roof if you want. Okay. And so that y'all, yeah, fly back, and you kind of <laughs> on the roof, and you kind of you hear your dad go, "What was that?" And Nadar goes, "I hope that wasn't what I think it was." Oh, I I hear them. I have to go. Uh, okay. Uh, yes. take care. And she flies I off. I hope to see you again one day. That that would be great. And you, you look out, and you see her flying off, and you kind of hear your dad go. John, what what did you do? And Dar goes, "Oh no, that's gonna be a problem." Was that Branda's child? Yes, she's been looking for a couple years for her now, and we slowly begin to fade back into uh, to reality, to uh, current present time. As you kind of hear crew yelling for you because um, you're close to the coral reef of the. Uh, of Linguina that kind of surrounds the body of the island and you're beginning to get sucked into the river that uh, if you don't navigate quite correctly, your boat will just crash against the wall and your crew will probably die. Ah, well, I'm an expert sailor, so no worries. And with that, I think <laughs> we'll finish up your portion <laughs> of right. um, this background sequence for Jean.